0: Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight. I'm glad to be in this place. And amongst these people, Lord, I'm thankful for your word tonight. I pray, God, you just give me some unction to preach, help me to effectively communicate the word of God. And... Lord, I'm just thankful we need you. I appreciate, Lord, how good you are to us. You are good to us, Lord, and I thank you for that. And, Lord, we want to do what we can for you in these last moments of these last days. Help us to do that. Strengthen us and help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we come to the text in Luke chapter number 10, uh, Jesus had stopped by the home of his friends Martha and Mary and Lazarus there in Bethany, uh, and it was a place of welcoming to the Savior. Uh, uh, and amazing, of all the things Jesus went through, he found an abode. I'm telling you, uh, we, we need to welcome him into our homes. There's no doubt about that. It's a, let me say, it's a good idea to welcome him into your homes. Uh, but, but we see here in this text that we don't have any mention of Brother Lazarus, but we know, uh, uh, we know what a great work that Jesus did for him. But we see uh, two dear sisters here, Martha and Mary, And as you look at this scene here, it's a hospitable home. I mean, uh, the Lord is in the midst. And I want you to notice there's two main focuses here. There's spiritual nourishment and there's physical nourishment. And we see that, and I was thinking about that word nourishment, and I want to tie this together here, but that word nourishment, it means cause to grow, to sustain, to nurture. And in Scripture, we find great pictures of nourishment that typify our Savior. When I mean typify, it means if you'll see an Old Testament, you'll see a a story or an account that pictures Jesus or a truth about Jesus that we see lived out in the New Testament. Uh, We'll get into types and all those things. But I was thinking about in Genesis 47, thinking about nourishment, you'll find Joseph was there. His father had died, Israel had died, and his brothers that had once sold him into prison or sold him out and, and he ended up in the pit and ended up in the prison. And then he was in the palace and how God worked in his life. But they were all nervous that he was just going to remember what they had done to him. And he tells them there that he says, listen, he says, God has brought me here to nourish you. And what a picture. Joseph probably is the greatest uh, picture of account in someone of the Old Testament. He's the greatest type of Christ in the Old Testament, in my opinion. I find another word, that that, that word nourish. We find it over in Ruth 4. And at the end of Ruth 4, we had already come to this point where uh, the kinsman redeemer, Boaz, had bought and purchased uh, Ruth to be his wife. And a picture of Christ in the church. He is our kinsman redeemer. And he bought a Gentile bride. We ought to say, praise God for that. And and we see here that that Ruth tells Naomi, she says, listen, Naomi, she says, Boaz is going to be your nourisher. Naomi lost everything. Thing in the in the washpot of Moab, but when she came back and in the kinsman redeemer she had a nourisher. I uh, think about uh, nourishing; it's something that you do with the child. It's it's something that you want to do. The emphasis on, I mean, when you have a newborn baby, you want to. Um, they'll let you know when they're hungry, but you want to feed them. You want them to grow and and do all these things. And may I say, spiritually, that's what Jesus wants for his children. He wants us to grow. Now we're going to look at this in a second, and we're going to see some things, but. I want you to grasp this. Jesus will nourish us spiritually and he will nourish us physically. He is the bread of life. That's who he is. That's what he wants to do. And here in our text, I want to show the importance of staying spiritually nourished. And what, what I mean by that is if we are going to be, listen, we're in a church that likes to serve, and I to say praise God for that. But can I say something to you? If we're going to be nourishing to others, if we're going to minister to others and serve the Lord in doing that, we're going to have to continually stay with what is needful in our lives. Now, I'm not going to knock Mary here, but I want to show you a few things. Mary was doing a number of great things. Notice this first. Martha was doing a number of great things. Martha opened her home to Jesus and was hospitable. Think about this. Now, what we find her doing here serving, there was a cost involved in serving him, and there was an investment made in Jesus. She was investing not only in his person, but in his ministry. He was on his way to Calvary here. And she was investing. Now, uh, we can look at it. It wasn't as much as the alabaster box that was broken, but she invested herself into him. And we'll find later on again she did. But I want you to notice that's a wonderful thing that she did is she was uh, investing in the Savior and opened her home to the Savior. May I say we ought to do the same thing? Notice this next thing. Martha had received Jesus into her home, and she had a great desire to serve him and the others that were associated with him. I assume that the disciples are here with him. I don't know that, but I'm making the assumption that they're, they're tagging along, and what a crowd that would have brought in, another 12, and it's hard to tell who was there, but you know what she had? She had a great desire to serve God. May I say we ought to have the same desire in our lives. When Jesus showed up, Martha said, I want to do something for him. It's still over here. We ought to have this every day. Lord, what will thou have me to do for you? I want you to think about this for a second. What a desire she had. This is a wonderful desire. I'm going to get somewhere with this, so stay with me. She she had the desire to serve the Lord. And I believe this with, I, I believe this, and I believe I'm right in this. I believe Martha had found his will for her service for the Lord. And what I mean by that is if you go, go to John chapter number 12, after Lazarus was raised from the dead and Jesus stops back in again, we see Martha is again serving in the same capacity. And, and may I say, it's important we find where and what God's will is for our lives. Now notice all that we see right here, this opens up with Martha's servant. I'm going to get to a point for a second, but I want you to grasp that she was doing many right things. But then we see a contrast here in the story. And here's the, here's the issue. One had chose to be nourished before trying to nourish someone else, before trying to help and serve someone else. And I want you to think about this tonight and, and look at this. Our greatest strength for nourishing and serving others is our time we spend being nourished by him. This is what Je- Jesus did not reprove her service. Read it there. He never said one thing about her serving. What he was trying to do was draw her back to him. And listen, stay with me. The key to proper service for Jesus is staying in communion with Jesus. She wasn't wrong in wanting to serve and opening her home and wanting to do these things. The problem was she needed what he had to help her do what she wanted to do for him. And may I say that same application doesn't change for us today. Our greatest strength is the time we spend with Him. If we are going to go out and serve and try to win people to the Lord and try to see people grow in whatever capacity God has called us to do, the greatest thing you and I can do is to spend time with the Lord. It's a needful thing. But I want you to find that we can see in Martha that there was some symptoms that Martha showed that if you and I are serving the Lord and some of these things show up, what it may mean is we need to get back to the one that can nourish us so that we can continue to do what God would have us to do. Notice a few things. First thing we see here, Martha was cumbered in service. Now that word cumbered it means drawn around in mind and distracted. In what she was doing, she was distracted in what she was doing. What a, what a, to me, if I would give an illustration or picture it in my mind, they're in the other room and she's in the kitchen serving. And I mean, they're here and the pots are falling off and she can't get things going right. You know, it just sounds like a mess in there. Her mind's all different places. May I say, if you find yourself serving the Lord and there's a distraction from doing the will of God and what God's called you to do, may I say, you may need to get back to the needful thing. Notice what else. In her service, she was more focused on the service of others and what they were or were not doing. Notice what she said. She said, my sister hath left me to serve alone. Now, I learned a great lesson years ago, and this has helped me. And and it's not a mean thing when I say it this way or not. But if we come here and we go go door knocking, if you don't come or not, I'm coming because I'm not coming here to do it for you. I'm coming to do it for the Lord. Now, I want you to be here and I want to encourage you. Listen, Friday night when we go pass out tracks out there, listen, whether you come or not, I'm going, Lord's will, and I plan on going, but I want you to go with me and I want to do it together. But I'm not doing it whether you come or not. I want to do it for Him. But if we're not careful, if we're not spending the needful time with the Lord like we need to, if we're not allowing Him to nourish us, you know what we'll start doing? Well, we're in a world's time. Judy's supposed to be here 15 minutes ago. We start looking out at what everybody else ain't doing. Well, look at me. What I'm in here. In the, I'm in here trying to do this, and where's everybody else at? That's what was happening right here. She's in the kitchen. I mean, every, pans are clanking, everything. I mean, she's burning. The, all these things are going on because she's so distracted and troubled. And what we, we see right here, she's, a, well, she ain't even in Where's Mary at? Let me say something to you. If Mary don't show up, do it for Jesus. But she, she, she thought she, she was just focused on everybody else. Notice what else she thought. She even got to the place. She's in here doing this for the Lord, and she thought the Lord didn't even care about her. She, she said, Lord, dost thou care? Now let me. I'm going I'm to bring this back to a point in a minute, but I want you to grasp... These are symptoms if you're struggling and you're not getting the time with the Lord, if you're not doing the needful thing that God would have. What Jesus was trying to do in this whole message was, he was trying to say, Martha, what you're doing is right, but you need to come to me first, and that'll help you do what you want to do for me. And may I say that that same application holds true, but we can see the same symptoms in our life. Notice she she, she didn't even think God cared about her. Here's Jesus in her living room. And she's in there cooking him a dinner. Praise God. And she's in there saying, well, Lord, you don't even care. I'm talking about the very Son of God is in her living room. The perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, the resurrection and the life was sitting in her living room. And she was cooking for What an honor. And she's in the kitchen so cumbered about. Well, Lord, do you even care? I mean I, I mean, I I think about that. For Listen to me. If we're not getting proper nourishment from Him, it'll show up in our service. We'll start thinking that as, or as we're doing God's will, we'll, we'll get out of If we get away, our key, the key to our strength is the communion with the Lord. If we get away from that, we'll start thinking, well, does God care that I'm even out here passing out tracts? Well, does God care that I'm even preaching a message? Does God care that I'm teaching a Sunday school class? This is what's going on right here. She's in. She's doing what she believes is God's will, and I believe it's God's will for her to do. But notice that because she's put off the thing that was needful, it's impacting her service. Not only does she not think the Lord cared about her, she was complaining about others, full of complaints. Can I say, if we pull away from that which is needful we'll find there'll be a lot of complaints in our service. Now, we're natural to complain. That's our natural nature, unfortunately. You don't, have to, you don't have to teach us how to complain. We're good at that. That's how we're born. That's our nature. But think about this in the middle of serving the Lord. And, and you know what? It's kind of like, well, I mean, the preacher, you know, you start complaining, you say, well, he should have finished 10 minutes ago. I, Five people get saved. Well, should have been eight, and he should have cut her off ten minutes. If we're not careful in serving the Lord, we can find all kinds of problems and miss the thankfulness and how to have the gratitude. And I, I'm, not, I'm not downing on Martha because the thing is, we can get this same way. Stay with me. Jesus tells her, he's, Isn't this amazing? Look, can I say something to you? Don't forget, He knows you. She was in the kitchen coming around a corner asking where in the world's Mary at. Lord, you don't even care about me. And he looked right inside of her. And may I say he looks right inside of us. And may I say I'm glad he's gentle and kind. Because he could have said a lot of things right here. Let me say something to you. He can say whatever he wants to. You can get mad about it if you want to. He's God. And if he won't let you say anything back, you won't either. People forget he's God. But how he knows us. And look at the gentle, I I, like when the commenters said a gentle reprove here. But he looked right into the heart of Martha. He said, Martha, you're full of care. That's what careful means. And troubled about many things. And she's serving the Lord. Now listen, I'm I'm tying this thing down. you alls shouting her out here tonight. Think about this for a second. This scene was one that opened with hospitality. It opened with a reception to the Lord. But think about this. The fretting of Martha in her service, it spoiled the atmosphere. I got this from Warren Wiersbe, and it's good. I'm going to quote it just like he said it. If serving Christ makes us difficult to live with, then something is terribly wrong with our service. Jesus came to her house and she was trying to do something for him. But in her service caused a commotion inside the house. Complaints and all these things, the troubles, the full of cares. And here's we're going to bring this message together. Now, notice what Jesus said. Now, remember, she asked for Mary. She said, Mary, wh- wh- where in the world's Mary? Lord, you can tell her to be in here. And he could have. What he was trying to really do was get Martha in there. Isn't that amazing in the answer? He wasn't... He could have made Mary get in there and help with the biscuits and whatever else that was going on in the kitchen, but what he was really trying to do was get Martha in the place she needed to be here to help her spiritually. And he says, but one thing is needful. That word needful means essential. Now this is very pastoral. This may not be exciting tonight, but this is a pastoral message. And what I mean by that is it can help you grow if you apply it to your life. Jesus was teaching Martha and all of us a truth that we all know but we need to be reminded of is, for without me you can do nothing. What he was trying to tell Martha was, you need to be in here and it'll help you do what you need to do. And may I say, as believers, we must build a strong, consistent devotional life. If we're going to serve God, we're going to have to stay close to God. It can't be... It cannot be Sunday morning only. Listen, if you're going to have a strong devotional life, you're going to come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night Bible study. Amen. I'm right. I mean, we're commanded to be here, but may I say, you're, you're growing closer. You're in a place that's set apart to teach and to preach His Word, to have fellowship with the brethren. That's part of a strong, consistent devotional life. Now, that can't be all of it. That's a good, listen, coming all, every service is a good place to start. But that can't be the only time that your Bible's open. That can't be the only time that you're praying. It has to be consistently on a daily basis. And, 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 and notice this, we must prioritize regularly being nourished by him, to be able to receive of his word. This is what, if you look at Mary, she had had a humble heart. She sat at his feet. She humbled herself down before him, and she heard his word. And may I say, that is what you and I need to do on a regular basis, is to, 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 to do this and to have a strong devotional life. And I got three things, three points on what can help you have a strong devotional life. The first thing is, there needs to be a continual realization, now, you say, what do you mean? It's knowing you need to be nourished. Now, how many of you, and we're all honest, and I'm going to raise my hand, need to be told things you already know you need to do? Right. So we're all in the same boat here. We're floating on the same boat here. I, I know you've heard this. People, if you've worked out in the workplace or you work, someone say something like this. They're working and they'll look up and they'll say, I didn't even realize it was after lunch or it was this late. They were so buried in what they were doing and focused on what they were doing, they stopped to take a time to nourish them. And may I say something to you? Uh, eating of the body helps your body do what it's supposed to do in a physical sense, but spiritually is the exact same way. We can get so caught up in all of the busyness of serving and doing all these things that if we don't take time to, to remember, you know what the most important thing for me to do today is? is to spend time with God. That's the most important thing. I may have preached a message today. I may be going soul winning today. There may be all kinds of appointments and activities that I have today, but the most important one that I need to continually remind myself is it don't matter what God has called me to do. If I don't spend time with God, it's going to affect what God's called me to do. we got to have a strong devotional life. We must continually remind ourselves and discipline ourselves. And you, I think about discipline. When you got to go to work, listen to me. I, I mean, I could probably get away with a couple days, but if I just didn't show up by, well, I mean, look, if I don't show up by 8.30 in the morning, there'd be three or four women texting me saying, where are you at? i done that one time. I, I fell asleep, and the one I texted wasn't at work. Well, they didn't even know it was. They thought I was in a wreck or something like that, which I'm glad they was concerned. But if I don't discipline myself to start going to work, I might, may have the annual lead to do it, but at some point, it's going to cost me something. So you know what I'm going to have to do in the morning? I'm going to set an alarm clock for 6 a.m. That's called discipline. You say, well, what do you think? It means it's going to help me get to the place that I need to be to do what I'm supposed to be doing. But can I say we need to do the same thing spiritually? We need to remind ourselves. We need to discipline ourselves. I, I think, well, you say, well, preacher, I struggle making it throughout the day. Well, do like I do and drink 17 cups of coffee. I mean, just get you a coffee pot, sit on your desk, and drink it straight. It'll help you. That's what I do all day long. There's things that we do in our everyday life to discipline us and remind ourselves, oh, I need to do this, and I got to do this before I do this. Can I say, this, the same thing applies to us spiritually. And the most important thing is no matter what God has called us to do, the most important part of our service is the time we spend with Him. That's what makes it effective. If we're going to be effective in what God's called us to do, if, if we're going to see the Lord use us, we're going to have to stay with him. Or if not, we're going to run so low in a spiritual condition, we're going to look over and say, well, why, why ain't so-and-so here? Or Lord, do you not see what I'm dealing with? These are all things that can happen. What Martha was doing, she was running on E spiritually. She had right desires. I believe she was in the right place. And I even believe, believe with all my heart that she was making the right investment. But she was running from a place of empty. Let me say something to you. I don't care how big your truck is. I don't care how fast your car is. If there is no fuel in the tank, it ain't going nowhere. You can honk the horn and do all kinds of things, but without fuel in the tank, you cannot go forward. And may I say spiritually, that, th- that same thing is w- for us. It's never been God's... You, uh, listen, we have a revival and it, and it moves things and it ought to move things in our life. When we have revival, it ought to make things. But there is a maintenance that we have as spiritually. I don't like getting my oil changed in my car. My tire's rotated, but if I don't do it, it's going to cost me more later down the road. I'm looking for another 80000 now out of that Ford down there. So I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get the oil changed. Every 5,000, they get you at 3,000. I'm going to get the tires rotated, Tom. I might change the wipers once every two years. Who knows? Listen, maintenance. What well, can I say spiritually, we need to maintain and to stay in the will of God and do what God's called us to do. We're going to have to have a strong, disciplined, devotional life. Our time spent—that that, what that may mean—is you may have to stop and you say, "Well, I don't know what to do." Well, the first thing is, cut everything else off the list and put that in there first. Then fit the rest of the pieces in. Quit trying to fit God in. Make God the priority and say, "Well, if I'm the best at seven in the morning and that's the best time I got, make God seven in the morning and work everything else out after that." If it's in the evening, whatever works for you, but you need to make sure, and listen, it can be in the evening. The evening in the morning or the first day, you can get it, hey, you can get right with God and spend time with God in the night, in the midday, in the morning. Hey, if you can't sleep at night, you're up at two in the morning, go ahead and do it then. Whatever works for you, but you're gonna have to discipline yourself and make that the priority. But there's gotta be a realization we need to be reminded. Oh, I, I, what, what, really what the realization is is knowing that we need him. We need to spend time with him. Notice this, but then there's got to be a consistent reliance. At John 15, 5, for without me you can do nothing. That ought to be a motto of our church right here. That's because we can't, we can't do a thing without him. But we got to always rely on him. Tom will tell you this. As you grow in faith, you don't become more independent. You become more dependent. And he'll, he'll say amen to this. You needed him more today than you needed him 46 years ago, didn't you? you when we grow up the other way, we try to teach our kids to be independent. Hold their own bottles. Walk with, without help. Ride the bicycle. All, you know, go through all these steps of things. But can I say, to spiritually, that's the other way around. I'm not growing to to grow out and just say, go on your own, stand on your own. No, what I realize is I need him more today than I've ever needed him. And tomorrow I'm going to need him more. As we grow and our faith grows, we realize we need the Lord Jesus more and we can't do without him. So having a consistent devotional life, it's essential it's what readies us to serve the Lord. It, what, it, what gives us effectiveness is to spending time with him, knowing that whatever God's called me to do today, I can't do it without him, and I must spend time with him. So we see it's it's, it's a knowing we need to. That's what realization is. A reliance is knowing we can't do it without it. There ain't any, we can't, there's no other options. But then notice the customary reception. Now, you'll read a phrase in Luke where, it talks about Jesus and, he, and, and it's talking about, it says, as his custom was. And it was talking about him going to, on the Sabbath, the going to the house of the Lord. And he would go and he would stand up to read. Not only did he go to church, but he participated in it. You think about that, standing up to read the Bible, he is. He didn't, they didn't have to give him a copy. I think it's amazing. Go on the road to Emmaus. Never says one time he had a copy of the scriptures. But he started in Genesis and began to expound on the things of himself. You say, why? Because he's the word of God himself. And he began to go through the scriptures. But it says, as his custom was, and listen to me, if his custom was, and you can see it throughout the gospels, in times of busyness, Jesus made time to spend with the Father. There was times people were dragging on his coat, hanging on to him. Thousands and thousands and maybe millions of people healed and called upon him and cried out to him on a daily basis. I understand when we go through things, we feel the tug and we feel all the pressures and all the things that go on. He felt that to a magnitude we never know. But it said that he would find a solitary place. It said that he, as his custom was, no matter where he was, he found when it was time to go to church, he said, I'm going to God's house. And he said, I'm going to worship. He didn't just go and listen, sometimes we just make it here and that's better than not being here. But he went and he said just to read. He went to participate in it. Now listen to me. He did this regularly. It was a regular part of his life. That's how he built his life around his ministry, was built around time with the Father. I mean, that to me is mind-boggling. He is God himself in the flesh, but he still made the Father, the walk with the Father, the time with the Father a priority in his life. And he served to a capacity. We, we can't. I mean, we can't even talk about it. John said if we write the books, he said he didn't think the world would hold it of all the things Jesus did. But he made that a daily part of his life. And may I say what we need to do is knowing we need to is one good thing. Knowing I can't do it without is another good thing. But we actually must make it a prioritized practice in our life. It's not good enough just to know to do it. It's not not just good enough to know that I can't do without it. We actually have to do it. And, and, And that's what he did. And we see it in his life. And you and I have to be the same way. As we look in this account here, uh, listen, uh, we, we could, I'm not going to create a bunch of what-if scenarios, but here's what I know that Jesus was trying to teach Martha. He was trying to teach Martha, listen, this is what's needful. Now, they could have, he, she could have thrown a bologna sandwich on, and I'm sure, he, listen, he'd have, gave, he'd have blessed it, and he'd have ate it, and they'd have went on. You know what I mean? He wouldn't have had pork in it, obviously. Y'all catch that later on. But in this in this text that we're reading right here, you know what we see? We see a picture of us wanting to serve God, wanting to invest our lives, our money, our time into Him. Can I say that's what we do here? When you get born again, you're created unto good works. That means you're investing your life into Him, our eternity's in Him. She, had, she wanted to do that. And I believe she found where she was going to do that. Hey, listen, it's important to know what God's called you to do. I'm telling you what, listen, if you haven't found exactly what God's called you to do, stay in the places that are already the known will of God. Stay in the house of God. Stay reading. Stay praying. But all of those things, I see us in 2023. There There was a crowd outside of that house that mocked him, that despised him that tried to claim that they were under to the same umbrella. where They were of the, so to speak, they were of Father Abraham, but they didn't know the Lord. He dealt with the Pharisees, the Sadducees. I mean, you, you, you get around somebody that confronts you so much, you know, eventually at some point we'll break. Now, he didn't. Every answer he had was perfect. But what we see in here is I see a bunch of, of Marthas in this way. I don't know, I'm not looking at any other church in Dunbar. I want them all to serve God. I want to see people get born again, live right, and live holy. I want them to preach the right doctrine. I want that, okay? I'm not, against, I'm not against other churches. I want them to preach the right things. I want them to do the right things. I want to see people get saved. We ought to want to if we're saved. We're going to heaven together. But whether they do it or not, if we're not careful here, if we don't have a strong, consistent devotional life, we can find ourselves like Martha having the right desires, having the right investments, but running on ease spiritually. Worried about oh, what other churches are going what are other churches doing down the street? Let me say something to you. It don't matter what they're doing, shouldn't change what we're supposed to be doing. It shouldn't pause the work in the kitchen no matter if they're out visiting or they're not visiting, if they're preaching or what, listen, now, we are concerned in a general thing, but it shouldn't stop us from doing God's will. If we get to the place that if we're not careful, we'll start thinking, well, does God even care about us down here? I'm tying this up, Judy, so you can can get ready come on. But if we're not careful, you know what? If we allow ourselves to run low on Eve, we'll think, well, did did God bring us up here and forget about us? That's what Martha thought in the kitchen. He's in the living room. His presence was in the house, and she was thinking, does he even care? He stopped at her house. It said in Martha's house. And he's in the living room or whatever room it is. Maybe it's tied to the kitchen. I don't know. Maybe it's just a big open floor plan. And she's thinking and telling him. She's talking to the Lord. She said, well, do you even care? God's in the house. You say, what is that? That's finding yourself away from what is needful. It's important that each and every one of us grow and build a strong devotional life with the Lord. I'm going to tell you, through the storms of life, through the low points of life, listen to me, you'll find a consistent devotional life will give you some consistency. We're going to have things that's... They're going to be, if you're not coming through one, you're in one, you're getting ready to come to one that's bigger than you are. But they're not bigger than he is. And time spent with him, listen to me, it may not change the size of the mountain, but you'll remember the Lord that made it. There's a difference in there. There's a perception of we got to remember who's with us in this thing. he never leave us and never forsake us. And all that Jesus was trying to do, I believe the whole message was, Martha, won't you come in here with me? God wants to help us serve Him right here, Roxalyn. I'm listen. I'm practicing my pointer finger, Don, and I'm pointing right out here. All you all, listen to me. God has us here on purpose, for a purpose, to win people, to bring them to Christ, and to build Christ in men. He's brought us in this building. These empty seats here, I believe they're supposed to be filled. We gotta be. And sure, if we're going to do God's will, and let me say something to you. As a church, you say, well, it don't really matter about me. Hold on a second. As a collective, yes, it does matter. Your faithfulness, church matters. Your time spent praying for the ministry of this church matters. I'm talking about, listen, you matter to this church, and we don't need you running on E. We get there. I've been there. If If we'd all be honest, we've been there. But there's a needful thing you and I need to do above everything else and that's the daily make sure we spend time hearing him and his word at his feet that's a humble heart open to the scriptures and I believe God will help us do that tonight let's bow our heads tonight